Welcome to the Bike Run Tri-Stoke Podcast. Talking cycling, running and triathlon. We get life outside. I'm Paul Ingpen, Editor-in-Chief of Triathlon SPR Magazine, Mountain Bike Magazine, Road Bike Magazine and host of the Race to Stanford, Blue Lagoon and Sprint Triathlons. We'll be hosting conversations with some interesting people who like to bike, run, swim and multi-sport in general. Getting to know them, getting to know what makes them tick, giving advice and basically celebrating everything that's outside. This podcast was powered by Zwift, the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground, where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Welcome, guys, on behalf of RunMag and uh, Zwift, our partners on, on our podcast. We are very stoked to have the cream of South African trail running right here in the room and one from Derbs, Meg McKenzie. Thank you for joining us online. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Lekka, thank you. Before you zoot off to France and live your, your amazing globetrotting life. So we've got Tony McCann, who is a two-time um, Otto winner and a record holder and complete freak who ran her first marathon, I think, only a few years ago, like 2018, and everyone's like... Who and what is this? So we're going to find out that today. How's it, Tony? Thanks Hi, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, we stoked. Thank you. And uh, we've got Kane Riley, the bearded warrior, who I'm very fortunate to see on the mountain all the time and kind of just watched how trail running is meant to look like. And um, he's been amazing, contributed to RunMag, uh, knows a lot about the sport, been, a, been in second place often, so still got the hunger, always up there in the podium, wins a lot of stuff. Everyone's favorite guy, like a quintessential trail runner. And uh, a superb downhill, I think, for some reason, every time I read an article about you, it's <coughs> like you wrote for us, it's about skills. We've been talking about skills now, and as Tony put it very simply, <laughs> some people are coordinated, others aren't. I'm probably one of those ones that isn't, even though I blame it on my 90-kilo frame. But, Kane, you can obviously, we're going to talk today a little bit about trail running and how people can hopefully improve, even if it doesn't take the 10,000 hours that, that Frenchie told us mm. before UTCT. Kane, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. I'm also the old guy of the group. Apparently. Yeah, even <laughs> which is strange. Yeah, strange for me coming up has always been like one of the younger guys. Now and you what 28, 29 now? Yeah, Bali. Yeah, Bali. Other side, other side. But yeah, thanks for having me. Paul. Yeah, liquor. And then Johart, who's uh, the, another freak who not too long ago I think was kind of unheard of, and then suddenly he started winning everything and just did the freakish double winning. Uh, the Otter and then uh, the Cape Town Trail Marathon a week later, which is just absurd. So, Jot, member of the Freakish Van Heerden family, thanks for joining us as well. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. Yeah, and all of you guys under 30. So, we're talking about the cream, we're talking about the future, we're talking about where trail running's going, and it's all South African. L- lately, it's all been Jim Wormsey and Courtney and all sorts of other people, but now it's, it's uh, these are the people you'll see on our mountains and our hiking trails we've been hearing now. They're all just, I mean, Tony just spent a weekend running on her own in the mountains lovely I mean I wish my daughter could just hear that and say well I can do that too because people are so nervous out there so we're celebrating trail running Uh, sorry and Meg obviously I think Meg you won Africa X four times in a row when I was still running Africa X I think you were owning it every year you just couldn't lose that race (laughs) I did love that race Eh? And yeah, and you've been you've run for South Africa and you've been living overseas I think you're a bit of a gypsy you've sold everything and jumped into a camper van and travelled across Europe living the dream it's quite dreamy over there yeah and you're, and you're heading back anymore, okay you got it sorted now <laughs> yeah I have an apartment and everything oh wow lekker so so we're going to talk about trail running and just I think we'll just start maybe with you Tony you came in late I mean relatively late I'm keen to hear about your past life your what, what sort of I mean you guys are all ridiculously talented I think the average person who hears about trail running hears how hard it is because most of the time it's up Table Mountain it's 13 peaks mm-hmm. it's just Ultra Trail Drakensberg Mont Blanc UTCT it's just it's hard you know and people hear this stuff and they go oh, not for me I mean I must either be super talented or that's going to be dangerous and difficult and the side of what we want to talk about today is how you can get into trail running when it might, might be an easier route and there might be easier ways to get in so it's not so daunting but Tony, I mean, you're still very young and you've come in obviously really good, but keen to hear your background and how you got into trail running and how you were successful so quickly. Um, I mean, I guess I, I grew up playing all the sports. Um, my, my dad 
wanted a boy, so he naturally encouraged me to get involved with everything. Hence your name, Tony. Yes, yeah, yeah, he definitely wanted a boy. Um, but we, yeah, I played a lot of sport growing up, pretty much any sport you name it. I, I had dabbled at one stage or other. Um, I did cross country as a kid, so I did do running, but I used to hate it. I, I just made, got so nervous before any kind of meet that I was just like, no, I can't do this. Um, Would you so, still win? I mean, yeah, I mean, energy, I was, I was, energy. I was pretty good, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself. I mean, in whatever I did, I put a lot of pressure on myself, and I, at that young age, I couldn't really handle it, so I gave up running. Um, and then I kind of rediscovered it around 2016, mostly as a tool to lose weight, <laughs> as uh, I feel like a lot of people start Most of us do, 16, 17, yeah. 18, when we start um, filling out. <laughs> yeah, first year spread was a real thing. Um, Where were you in those days? In Cape Town. Okay. So I moved to Cape Town for university. and you were from Durbs originally. Durban girl, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I picked up running just as a means to get healthy and get fit again, and I at the time was dating someone who was a mountain biker and I used to get very jealous because he had come back and showed me these amazing places yeah. that he had cycled. So I was like, no, I really need to, you know, get involved in some way. So I started with like the Wineland's runs. Um, you didn't, I know you cycled some now, but you didn't oh, go no, into no, my no, cycling. No, no. No mountain I, biking I, I dabbled and I broke bones and I was like, uh, no, yeah. never again. <laughs> yeah. Seems every time I pick up a bicycle, I break something. So Not a kind habit. of stay away yeah. from it now. Um, but yeah, that kind of introduced me to the trail scene. And I mean, I guess I've always had a bit of a natural talent for running. But I think combining the coordination that you need to be a runner on trails and I guess my confidence in running on trails and knowing that I was relatively good was just, you know, it, at the time, it the synergy was just, it kind of all came yeah, together gelled. really well. Mm. And yeah, I guess it was a love at first sight and I didn't really look back. Um, and how long was that before your first, two, I think 2018 was your Otta win, huh? First, yeah, so my first marathon was 2018 at Otta um, and... It was probably around 2016 that I kind of found trail running. I took a bit of a break because I had a bit of, um, you know, a bit of an eating issue. So I kind of stuck. I was told I wasn't allowed to run. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of picked it up again at the end of 2017. And, yeah, haven't looked back. Wow. So and you're probably being humble. Like, were you really good at school? Like, did you make... Were you just first team or were you in a national team or anything sports-wise? Was anything before your <laughs> big breakthrough? I played I played provincial and I was selected for national squads for the for hockey. Okay, so yeah. hand-eye coordination and an endurance machine. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I love a team sport. Yeah, and yet you go off running now 20Ks on the weekend just by yourself in yeah. a very treacherous place according to your Trail heart. running is deceptively... It's a deceptively team sport. I, well, it's like a very strong community, and I think I get that same feeling from the trail community as I did from team sports. Yeah, now that's a great point. Kane, maybe we can pick up with you on that because there's no doubt. I mean, I, trail running is real. It's, it's, it's not going away. Like, fat biking came and went. Mm. We could argue that gravel biking might still go at some <laughs> stage. <Gravel> bike, yeah. <laughs> Seems like that's it. <laughs> but trail running is full on here. I mean, I, yeah. I, so much so that you don't get these groupings. You get big clubs like RAC and whatever, mm. but if you look at Tuesday Trails as an example, that's like a, a real kinship. Like those people are, that's their gathering. That's their, they could live without a weekend, I think, if they had their Tuesday Trail run in a beer afterwards. Yeah. And you seem to be like the quintessential, are you always there? You, you, you just embody that kind of spirit of trail running. So what is that? What's happened? Is, is it because it's, it's actually, you can't just run a road where you can put your headphones on and just run. Whereas on the mountain, you'd be more, Sort of isolated, you're more, you've got to be in tune. I mean, Tony, I think you were talking about six months ago at lunch and you said it was the silence and the sounds and the focus on the trail that was so critical, which is probably why trail running is so like addictive to those who get into it. Obviously, we're going to talk just now about how hard it can be and sort of off-putting, but, but you've, you, you really love trail running. I mean, all of you probably could have been Springbok runners in your own right at whatever distances you chose, but trail seems to really embody you and, and this kinship of, this, of, the, of the, the hood, the herder, should I say. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that community is just a word that's like synonymous with trail running around the world. And I, it, it's interesting because as we all kind of touched on is we all love running alone. And like a lot of like your connection to the mountain and a lot of the reason why you do it is a pretty lonely thing. Yeah, you were saying it's beforehand, like all three of you train on your own. Yeah, yeah, for mostly. sure. So, so a lot of it is like you don't necessarily need people 
to have fun on the trails. But at the same time, there's this like really deep connection between trail runners globally. Um, wherever you go in the world, there's like a global group of trail runners. And like, I think it's just, I guess we all have like a common, like this really powerful common thing that binds us, which is like our love for the mountains and moving in the mountains. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's strange. Wherever you go, you feel like you're, you're a part of something. And in South Africa, I mean, Cape Town in particular, the growth in the trail community over the last, sure, I'm showing my age again, like five, six years is quite incredible. Because when I first started out on the sport, it, it wasn't anything like it, it looks like today. Um, you know, there was some kind of real mountain folk. Then there was kind of road runners just moving into it. Then there was, you know, it was mostly a slightly older person thing, a couple mm -hmm. young people. And now you go to Tuesday Trails and it's like, from like 18 year olds to geez, like 60, yeah. 60 odd years old. Yeah. Um, and you've seen that all because I mean, you were originally back in the day when Ryan was breaking into trail running, you were there. Yeah. You must have been a real lucky because it's we're talking 10 years plus, so you were in your team. Yeah, yeah. So you can say like I've been around for a fair <laughs> amount of time now, yeah. but so it's been incredible to see the transformation in the community. Uh. Um, and you know, like that's oh, largely down to like the likes of Stuart McConaughey and people who have really invested in the community um i used to start it off with people just wanted to hang out and run with people and drink beer beer also seems to be a thing <coughs> that's not running yeah it does yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. no it's Same just it's, it's a common that's part of the language i guess um and then just like more and more people latching onto this and and you know covid has certainly accelerated the, the growth in that um just more people being like well being outside is the best and once they started they're hooked yeah, um, particularly in nature, not just outside, but in off, nature. Off, off the roads. But yeah, I mean, I remember quite clearly, I went to, <clears throat> I did, I spent some time in, in America in 2015. So I'd been in trail running for about four years already. Um, and I was just blown away by the communities and trail running communities in Colorado and, and San Francisco. And just to see how like everyone just got together and ran a few times a week. The top guys, like now we're talking like some of the best guys in the world, some people who like was their first time ever running on the trail all getting along so well um and quite a similar type of person to what we're seeing here in South very Africa. similar now okay. um i wouldn't say it was around at that time coming back to South africa i was like yo it's like it's it's different and then now like a few years down the line and that's what you're seeing here you know this community of like all kinds of people all very different different levels but there's something that brings them together. Mm. And they're and not like just hipsters. At one stage, it was quite hipsterish. No, it's like, it's, you know, you don't have to wear the same clothes. Yeah, yeah. It's not like gravel biking, I suppose. Nothing is gravel bikers. But, but like, it's just, um, yeah, it seems like people are different, um. completely different. But there's something that brings them together. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, yeah. you also train on your own. And I know you Van Herens are incredibly talented mm. and you are very in focused people. I mean, I, from Andre to your dad, you know, you got a long line of people who, who really were about times and splits, not so much community necessarily. A community kind of came second to results first, you know, and kind of ultimately results. And now you come from that same stock, so you obviously a thoroughbred, but then you seem to really enjoy the community, like, like you've embodied it, you've left corporate, you've got into a kind of, uh, what's it, uh, Section 21 type of business charity fundraising etc and so so it's almost like there, there's a racing edge but also a very social human who loves the outdoors yes i would definitely say um agree with you on all that point um like you say i come out of a, a big family a talented family um one of my fondest memories is my dad and my uncle telling us about their racing days back in the days when when athletics was still big and sport was still big in South Africa. Um, I remember they told us um, back in the days they they would invite um, the, during a during a break of a of a cricket match they would they would set up a, a mile during during the break just to, to get the people in for the people to come and watch the, the cricket because they know that it's going to attract so much uh, large crowds and 
uh, just the, the way they trained. Um, mm. I still have a lot of logbooks of my of my dad, and it was a different different stage of, of running in South Africa. And obviously, athletics died down a little bit, and I think there was this massive opportunity for trail running to start booming now, which mm. is obviously um, ha has been doing in the, the past few years. Um, and I think um, with trail running, you also can fund yourself more. You you have that more, f um, not only freedom in terms of um, freedom out on the trails, but you have um, freedom in terms of what you want to do, where you want to race. Um, you can uh, sort of um, dictate where you want to race, which races do you want to race. Um, and they're so much more commercially viable. I mean, yes. Trail is more expensive. It does not run by ASA's rules about what you can wear on your club kit and how much you can charge for an entry fee and all that stuff. Exactly. So I think that's also very attractive to mm. to a lot of the runners, especially a lot of the, the trail, a lot of the track and 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 field runners coming 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 to to try running and and a lot of roadies also coming over, um, which is good to see. Mm. Obviously, the sports involving a lot, um, and the more the sport grows, um, there's there's two two ways to go about it. There's there's some guys guys that will see it in in a in a negative um, way, and there's others that will definitely see it in a positive yeah, way. The hipsters won't want the roadies there. <laughs> exactly. It's too late. Ex Critical mass has happened. Mm. Exactly. Um, but. To be honest, I'm I'm super excited of where trail running is heading in South Africa mm. at the moment. Um, like we we spoke mm. um, with UTCT just um, being last week, two weeks ago, um, and just the massive vibe that there is, and the internationals that stayed here and definitely wants to come back. Um, and I think it's going to attract more more some of the top top runners in in the world. So that's that's very positive for for us, and obviously our. Us, we want to, to race against some of the best runners out there. So this gives us the opportunity to race against those guys and girls in, on South African um, terrain and in South African conditions because um, usually when we go to Europe, it's a bit more difficult, but yeah. when they come here, it gives us a... It, it evens, evens the play, yeah, yeah, playing yeah. ground. Yeah, I mean, that was quite interesting mm. the other night seeing, seeing Bruce Wardas meet Jim for the first time, Jim Wormsey, who broke his 36-year-old record of 50 miles. They never met each other. It was worlds apart, and Bruce ran in apartheid. I mean, he wasn't even allowed to be in England when he broke that record. He had to run for Vitz because Vitz had a license to run in England because we weren't allowed. So what you're talking about, your dad and your uncle would have remembered well where South Africans couldn't go to international mm -hmm. competitions. So we would do quite well here and then go overseas and get thrashed unless we had some way to get over there during apartheid. So, so this exposure is actually really, really good for us mm -hmm. to see someone like Jim come here and destroy a course that everyone said it got harder, that record was safe, and he goes and, and, and he got lost and still mm. murdered it. I mean, it just that, that sort of quantum leap of potential is shown that there's a whole, like, as you say, roadies coming across. If, you, if they get the technique right, which mm. we spoke about just now, you've got these people coming into the sport that could just raise the game phenomenally and really become as mainstream as road running. I mean, mm. you know, we don't have 10,000 or 20,000 runners in a race yet, but maybe it's a bit expensive. We can talk a little bit about that just now, about how we're going to make it more accessible. But, Meg, from your side, you've obviously been running a long time as well. You've been racing overseas. What's your take on, on what they're talking about, where, where trail running is now versus where when you came into the scene, which is about 2013, 14, I think? Uh, yeah, so I think I've been yeah, racing since yeah, 2013-ish. Um, obviously, I see quite a different side now living in Chamonix and seeing the explosion of trail running over on that side. Um, it really is very much a culture and a way of life over there also, um, just growing exponentially. So like, the, yeah, the summer in, in Chamonix is just a crazy, massive trail running life. Um, very, very strong community also. Um, so totally agree with everything and been listening to everything that's going on in Cape Town is super exciting. Um, I think it's also becoming more global, you know, before it was quite, a big deal to for internationals to come to South Africa or vice versa, but now it's it seems more fluid and open. Um, it's really growing globally, I would say. So, so are you seeing the same type of culture? Kane was saying now he went to America in the early days. It was a bit of a different vibe here versus there, and now it's kind of homogenous. Are you seeing the same thing? Are the Frenchies who are typically sort of aloof generally in life, mm. but um, you know they are. I mean, the Alps is kind of where all the you know. 
Ultratrail Mont Blanc is in France. It's kind of the, the one. And um, are, are you sensing that the, the, the crowd there and the, the sort of mind, the mindset, the, the attitudes to running are similar to what we're seeing here in South Africa? Um, yeah, I would say it's similar. I think that in South Africa, there's more of a, a strong, like small supportive community feel. Definitely um, overseas, it's more of a transient feel, like because the races are so much bigger, there's a lot of people that kind of come in for the races and then disappear again after the races. So it doesn't have that, that year long feel that Cape Town or South Africa has with like group runs and community vibe and stuff like that. Obviously it's seasonal too. So right now there's a couple meters of snow, so it's not really runnable. Yes, it looks incredible getting pictures from Switzerland of this deep powder. I'm just kidding me, mm-hmm. can't bear it. Yeah, it's quite, quite crazy. So I think just by its very nature, it's going to be quite different. Yeah, I mean, that's the downside of, 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 a, of a sport getting bigger. It's going to lose its charm in a way, I guess, when there's just so many of those roadies coming to come and blitz times versus drink beer and, and connect. But I don't know, maybe, maybe it's going to be managed well by clubs, by races, mm-hmm. by gatherings, by the community, by, by us chatting like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, trail running, honestly, a while ago, it was just it was a fringe sport. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, people are still saying that. Like, you speak to some of the brands, and we can talk about this now. I mean, you guys all represent brands. I think literally all of you. So, so, so Tony, you work at Essex now. Mm-hmm. It's a was for 20 years the shoe of choice of any runner. I mean, it's, there was no doubt. You, everyone competed against Essex for market mm-hmm. share. So, so you guys are, are, used, are you as a brand and a business seeing, like, a shift towards trail running that you've got to take it seriously. You've got to put out the yeah. right shoes, the right kit. I mean, um, Kane would know as well because he works with Salomon, and yeah. I think every brand is jumping on the bandwagon and knows that they have to because there's it, the growth that they've like brands have seen in the past year two years in the trail running scene is significant it's huge and i don't think it's going away anytime soon i think it's only going to get bigger i mean we can't keep up with the supply and demand of the, sh- the trail shoes and I mean Asics has really only started developing and really putting effort into their trail shoes for the past three four years now and you know they've got a solid product now and people need it and want it and mm. you know it's the, yeah there's just so much demand for it <laughs> so that's, I think that's very cool to hear so, yeah. so Ken you guys Salomon as in you work at Salomon so by the way listeners these guys have all got day jobs and that's also the beauty of of people that are able to deliver this kind of quality performance with a day job, it just makes them so much more real. These are real people in the street you could bump into and chat, just like we are now, and and not necessarily the sort of mega stars who I'll say, well, talk to my manager. But um, <laughs> Kane, you've been in it since the beginning. You, Salomon had shoes that were built and robust for the trail, but they were flipping hard. If you ran on the road, you, your feet would fall Adventure apart. Adventure racing style Yeah, shoes. it yeah, was just yeah. too hard. And yeah. I remember trying, even had a pair and thought, oh, yeah. geez, I'll, I'll put these on, I'll carry them in my backpack and put them on yeah. when I get to the trail. But now over the years, you guys have, I mean, you've always been the leading brand in terms of trail shoes and, and you've got phenomenal kit and backpacks and clothing, etc. Is, is, that, is that continuing to be a massive investment because of the size of off-roads? I mean, obviously hiking sort of may, also connects with, mm. with trail running. But uh, the sort of technologic, technological shift, are they still using, are they using the same sort of level of engineers that they would say on the road and for track and field and other things? Yeah, so I mean, I mean, Salomon's always been, you know, an outdoor brand. So trail running being a very big part of our focus, and then in winter, kind of more ski ski gear, and then we we focus on hiking too. But I'd say like historically, Salomon has often been one of the brands, if not the brand, like at the forefront of innovation when it comes to trail running gear, um, particularly in the footwear and backpack department. So as you speak to like, yo. Even five years ago, the shoes looked very different to what they do now. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, as footwear technology evolves, I mean, we've seen it on the road for sure in the last two years with like carbon-plated shoes. You know, this, the same thing is happening in the trail space. So yeah, I think I think you know Salomon is is working hard to to keep producing the product that's mm-hmm. needed to push the sport to the next level. And as are a lot of other brands. You know, I think this the space has changed, which is fantastic. You know. Five years ago, there weren't as many brands taking trail running very seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and now, I mean, particularly in the last two years, yeah. there's a lot of brands who are like, you know, and, and, and proper brands with, with like a lot of history in creating the world's best footwear are now like, you know, we're in the space. Mm-hmm. Trail running is, is like, it's a, it's a focus for us. It's not just a fringe sport with, 
you know, full of hippies who won't buy shoes, but yeah. this is the space we want to play in. And, and is the clothing that much different? I mean, tra- tra- uh, yeah. trail running, trail mountain biking and mm. sort of gravel has brought a new uh, clothing Sound. range in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, less pockets, less yeah. zips, more f- loose and flowy, mm. move your bag, your bag mm. to your to your rods put it yeah. on the bike somewhere it's just, yeah, so yeah. is there is there a different uh, range of clothing for trail running necessarily trail running versus road yeah um, yeah I think there has it's not radically different I mean sure we don't run in poly shorts and a singlet so, so <laughs> to answer your question actually yes I think um, you know short shorts unless you are European or like a little bit frowned upon it as, as a male, like <laughs> but um, but yeah, I guess yes, like functional. the idea is more like has always been like a little bit more kind of casual um, and loose and yeah, designed for the, like you have different needs as, as a trail runner and a mountain runner. Yeah, you know, yeah. like road running is like just like as little as possible, as light as possible. Where trail running, you've got different needs. But I mean, again, luckily, like ten years ago, it was like tight and compression uh-huh. stuff and like thankfully that phase is over uh, there is actually I mean there's a trendy stuff mountain bikers yeah. every st- everyone started wearing baggies and then they realized yes. that baggies caught your saddle and they got in the way yeah. and they got hot then tight. the technology changed to new kind of baggies yeah. so that shifted so I suppose there was a bit of a hipster side but then Courtney yeah. arrived in super long baggies yeah yeah and I mean she, she's going for the win and she comes top 10 in the whole UTMB so I mean that's clearly technically yeah so okay. I think like comfort and, and like functionality, functionality and, and like also just wearing what you I mean Courtney's yeah. like wearing what you're comfortable with like you yeah. could go to the shops afterwards and not feel weird yeah totally like I think it's it's. Uh, I suppose like for the most part trail runners are like a little bit more kind of laid back and like a lot of the clothes clothing's like designed for like being out there longer so yeah, there's quite quite a difference in apparel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now, you representing a brand that mm. wasn't in trail running, certainly not in South Africa, but is one of the edgiest mm. outdoor brands in the world, the North Face. I was quite surprised when I saw this shoe on the rack, white shoe, and I got sent a pair for, for, a, tra- for a review and thought, I wonder what these are. They look like seriously good hiking shoes that might be light enough to ride on a trail. And adored them. Then I saw a picture of you running Puffer in them, I mean, uh, Otto in them, and thought, okay, well, they must be good if he's winning and then he, they can't just be paying him to wear a shoe like that. I mean, they've, they've got really good quality shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you just come across that by chance? Um, are the, is, where's this kind of energy from North Face come from to go into trail running? Yeah, obviously, and I think Meg can, can elaborate on it also afterwards. Um, obviously, she's with the same brand. But, yeah, we always felt everyone knows the North Face. It's an awesome outdoor brand, especially... Um, when it comes to mountaineering. So mm. I don't think there was such a big focus on, on trail running just previously. And for the past two or three years, obviously they signed signed a few good athletes, some of the world's best athletes, thinking about Bao and Dylan Bauman and um, those those sort of guys. And um, I think they definitely um, put, a, put a lot of focus on designing new shoes. So I've been training and racing with the 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 North Face Infinite shoes for the for the past year or so, and I really do enjoy them. Um, I think they got that balance between comfort and and still speed speed. Um, they got it right, um, and a massive step up from their previous line of shoes, which is exciting. And I know they they have the carbon plated shoes. I haven't tried them out. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily prefer ferret on trail. I haven't. Yeah, it's interesting because hey, yeah. it's not. It works well on road, but it can lead to injuries, and that's when you've got a su- even surface yes, and everything's exactly. like controlled. So I haven't. I haven't tried those out. Um, I've seen some guys um, racing in Europe now. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of of Jonathan Alban who won OCC and Les mm. players with the with the carbon plate shoes, um, which is not as technical trails um, from what I've heard. So okay. obviously it, it will work on, on, on less techni- technical stuff. Like in, Western in, States and stuff yes, like that. Yes, I think that, mm. that might be a good mm. shoe. But I do do enjoy their line of shoes now. I think they've come leaps and bounces in the past two years. And I, I know I've been in continuous talk with, with some of the guys and they, they are still expanding and still planning um, to release some new stuff. So that that's very exciting. And it's just sentiment of, of how the sport's growing. Um, brands need to know, uh, they need to be on, on that front edge to, to keep that advantage um, over other brands. Um, they, they already spoke about it. Um, and I think... There is where Solomon got it right. They have always been some of the trendsetters, and now the other brands definitely yeah. um, 
um, jumped on board. Now I'm thinking of Adidas. I know the Terex mm. range is they mm. they bringing out some good stuff. Um, so there's a lot of different brands bringing out out some real quality stuff these days. Which tells us that trail mm. running is absolutely here to stay yes. forever. Mm. Meg, a uh, question for you. I mean, I'm going to ask you as well about poles because I'm very interested in this whole poles debate. But um, the the clothing in Europe of roadies versus trail runners is there a huge difference? Are they kind of seen as the poly shorts brigade, or is that have the roadies started adopting some of the trail stuff? To be honest, I have no idea. Um, I haven't attended any road races in Chamonix. I don't even know if there are any. Um, so I'm not really in tune at all. Is, is trail running bigger in Europe? Does it feel bigger? Like, I mean, are the, uh, is road running a big thing or is it just sort of kind of... I mean, I'm sure it's huge in the cities. You know, those big city marathons all over Europe are huge, but specifically where I'm based, it's pretty much non-existent. Um, I never see anyone running on the road, really. But... Yeah, so I, I guess I'm just really so exposed to... So hiking meets trail running is sort of, is just sp- time in the mountains, basically, has become... I mean, it should, should be almost re- irrelevant of speed and distance, but it's just mountain time, eh? Yeah, I mean, I think most likely the the roadie vibe is more the hot pants and crop tops that you might see on, you know... Yeah. On those big city marathons, um, I just am not exposed to it so, at all. So, so poles are big in your part of the world? Um mm. Are you? Do you use poles often? Sometimes. I mean, we don't see many poles in South Africa, and I'm quite keen to see if they start becoming a thing, as trails get more technical and as races get longer. I uh, I used poles for CCC and then all my training for CCC, um, but that was the only race that I used them for this year. So, but definitely they more seem more prevalent in Europe, and I think it's. Obviously, over there, everyone skis in winter, so they're very proficient with them. They know how to use them properly. I think if you don't really know how to use them properly, they may not be as useful. So, yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. to see if if they start getting adopted in other parts of the world where there's no snow and ice in winter. But certainly in Chamonix, it's part and parcel going for a run. And here, guys, anyone? <laughs> I wished I had them yesterday, but uh, I've used poles once before, and I, w- I mean, I don't know how to ski, so I have no idea how to use them. Okay. It just made me incredibly out of breath and gave me neck pain. So, <laughs> so not in the hurry. No, look, I think it's they're super valuable, and I, I think there's definitely a time and place for them. But I mean, I'd have to do a lot of training and a lot of technique learning before I even attempted to use them in a race. Mm. No, Kane is mm. a big fan. Oh, is he? Uh, sure, I love Pauls. Yeah, really, yeah. I love Pauls, yeah. UTCT, Otto, um, like so, when, when and where? So I love Pauls for anywhere where the terrain is kind of conducive for using them. So I have done a ski mountaineering season, so okay. I've kind of learned to use Pauls there where it's like you don't, have a, you don't ski nature. without Pauls. It's yeah, not sure. like you can hike without Pauls, but you can't ski without Pauls. So I kind of like figured it out a bit then, and I've also spent a significant, like, yeah, I've been lucky to spend a significant time in Europe like around Chamonix where Meg lives and the mountains there are just conducive to using poles. So you just like, you get into it and then they become like part of your, it's like, like other limbs. Almost. Yeah, they're not yeah. accessories. They're like, you know, they're like, you like Extra go legs. four, it's like four by four as opposed to two <laughs> by four. Yeah, so, yeah. so the Drakensberg, Table Mountain, are these so, places conducive? No, so, no. so, Table Mountain, like for the most part, definitely not. I mean, I did do some wrecking before UTCT. As I said, like, I like to use poles yeah. and I was like, they're just not really, okay. it's not the right place. So, Firstly, like, you need to be able to plant your poles somewhere next to the trail. Mm-hmm. And, like, Table Mountain, like, fane bosses, it, like, grabs them and, like, chows them and yeah, you and have you to wrestle your, with and it. And you need your hands from time And then to you time. need to use your hands to remove the... Yeah, so yeah. you need, like, good places next to you to, to plant the poles. Yeah. And also, like, very rocky trails and step trails are also not that great for poles. Mm-hmm. So, like, big climbs, long descents, quite smooth trails... That's really where poles are, are the most useful. So, like, in Europe, a lot of their trails yeah, So, we don't are, have much of that here, though. So, Drakensberg's not that... Um, well, I think, like, for rugged off, you, you know, you may... Yeah, Drakensberg, mm. I think. Yeah, Drakensberg works. Um, okay. Certain places, but certainly in Cape Town, um, not particularly conducive to poles. But it's starting up. There's a lot more people using poles nowadays, mm. and I think mm. you'll see, like, a rapid growth in pole usage over the next couple of years, particularly like, you know, UTD is becoming a massive race. So mm-hmm. um, more people will start training with them. And I think once you get, once you get started with them, it's hard to kind of Licker. leave them behind. Yeah. Like dropper posts and things in mountain biking. Yeah. I can't speak about <laughs> yeah. that. I can't speak <laughs> no, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something's just yeah. second nature. Yeah. So you've spent time up north. 
I think. Um, yes, uh, I've used some poles. Um, two years ago, I did the Halfani Boeta route in one go. It's a 70k five-day hiking trail, which is beautiful up in the Sabi area. And I actually used poles during that day. And I found that they helped a lot. Um, it was my furthest that I've ever run. So obviously I needed some more support, but I would say the trails are more smooth that side. Um, so on smoother terrain, I would definitely use them in the Drakensberg for a long Drakensberg uh, race. As well as I think the George area, which is very mm. steep up and down, I think, and it's not that I don't find the, those trails too technical. So I would definitely okay. use them um, there, but there's no way I would use use poles uh, mm. uh, on Table Mountain. Yeah. And are they easy to stash generally when you're not using them? Because that's often like I, I, I use my hands yeah. a plastic clip, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. like, it's often <laughs> steep, so they're easy to get rid of when you don't want them, when you're not yes. using them. Uh, the technology these days, uh, those new. Um, Poles are so light, you don't even feel them if you stash mm. them. Okay. So if you need them, take them out. I think ugh, some of mm. those poles are not even 100 grams. So um, it's not really... If you prefer it, mm. go for it. I know they, it's, it comes back down to personal choice and yeah. personal uh, preference. But I would definitely... Mm. I'm going to, to Europe next year, but I'm, mm. I'm more going to race marathon scenes. So I won't use it on a marathon distance, but if I do ultras, I would definitely mm. use use the poles. I think okay. it's like if, like, if you go in to run the Tour of Mont Blanc, for example, UTMB, 100 miler, um, and you arrive there without poles, it's like Imagine. taking a, okay. a fixie steel frame bicycle for you to the Tour de France. <laughs> or going to Waimea with a short board. Yeah, it just, it just yeah, doesn't yeah. work. Okay. Yeah, the guys, yeah. they whip out their poles on the first it's time and it's like tick and you just think you're like, you know, you're just yeah. missing something. So, I mean, it's the most frustrating thing. I did a yeah. sky running race, which is only 30Ks, um, but it's super steep and pretty much off trail, just like grassy lands in, in the Basque region. And, you know, I'm power hiking up this hill and pushing, putting as much effort as I can into, and these girls are running past me with their poles, and it's just like, it's they make unfair. it look so easy. Okay. It's, it truly is, if you know how to use them properly, they can be a huge advantage, because it just conserves energy in your legs, right? It distributes your energy usage over a much, much yeah. Bigger area, yeah, no, if that makes sense, completely. So, so Meg, you... These guys, are, everyone's just touching on kind of going to Europe and being in Europe. We obviously, it's more of a global village these days. Hopefully, post-COVID, we can all travel. What are your favorite, I mean, you guys have got a lot of fans going to be listening here. What are your favorite races in the world and what are you planning for 2022? Oh, 2022. Um, haven't fleshed out a complete racing calendar yet. Um, but I am thinking about Lavarada Ultra Trail and the Dolomites. And then going back to CCC, which is the 100k distance of UTMB. Uh, so definitely leaning more towards the longer ultras with possibly an aim of getting into Western States for 2023. So that will require a golden ticket race, I think. And then, um, yeah, I, I need to do quite a few races in France for my visa. So I'll be looking at a lot of those um, and just keeping it quite local for, for that purpose. So I'm not sure exactly what other races yet, but for now it's... Well, those are amazing. Those are some wicked bucket list uh, items on your agenda. Are you are you still aiming to be in... Are you still wanting to race for South Africa and be in South African teams? Are we still sending teams to the sort of world long distance? No? Is not, Unfortunately not. not. Um, no, the, the World Championship got cancelled or postponed a number of times, obviously with COVID, but it doesn't really affect us because we don't send a team anyway. So, I mean, if we did, I would love to represent South Africa but and shoot for that, um, but we don't have one yet. Yeah. Meg, where are you Where are you in the world in terms of, I mean, tennis has rankings. I mean, running doesn't really have rankings like that, but where are you in relation to Courtney and, 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 and the sort of the, 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 big, the big names? <laughs> I'm way below Courtney. <laughs> But where would you be? Like, would you be in the top 100 at least in the world? Uh, where, where are our South Africans? I want to run through each of you if you guys can think about kind of where, we, where our, our top runners sit on, a, on the global stage. Like, I mean, there's South Africans, Gerdo is now really impressive coming, you know, in the top 20 in the Olympics. So where are we on trail with you guys? I mean, you guys are the cream of, of the crop here. It's quite, it's always quite hard to tell with trail running because it's, so there's so many different disciplines. Obviously, there's... You know, you can do super short mountain running circuit, which is anything between 10 and 20 Ks. And then marathon distance trail 
and then you get into the ultras and then into like the really long ultras and there's sort of a different group who that runs each discipline so on the ranking system you can categorize with with extra short short long or very long but um yeah it's quite hard to know where you sit in the world rankings because there's so many different aspects to it i don't know if you guys in studio agree or if you have different ideas I, I completely agree, Meg. And just to add like an extra layer to that, so you've got the different distances, but also, you know, you've got super technical trails. And I think that's the beauty of trail running as well, is you can choose races that suit what your, your skill set is, right? So you can choose races that are straight up, straight down, or you can choose races that are really technical or slightly more flat and runnable. So, you know, it's it's really hard to compare apples and apples because there isn't really apples and but apples. But now what I'm surprised by is uh, South Africans are typically into everything. You know, if you like in South Africa, a guy's going to say, "Well, I did manga and Ironman and UTCT and comrades." It's just a mindset of South Africans. But I mean, mm. here you, exactly what you're saying should be: we should be niching, almost saying like, "Okay, Kane's very good at X, Tony's very good at Y, so she's going to go and race." Like, like Jim was saying, Jim wasn't very good at UTMB. Obviously, it's his mission now to go and win it because, but he realized that he was better on non-technical, long, super long stuff. So that should become his his niche. But you guys aren't particularly niched. I mean, every time I open a trail result, you guys are in it, and I'm like, "Well." Are we not just? Are you not missing out by not picking your line and going? Okay, I'm really good at this kind. I want to go and pursue world champion or the best in that space. Um, yeah, I I think to a point. But I, the beauty of trail running is that you can experience so many incredible places as well. So you know, I think limiting yourself would be a shame to a specific genre of trail yeah. running. Um, and you've got day jobs, so you don't have to become. <laughs> specifically good at one particular yeah. thing and chase other people's dreams. It's just your your passion. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think it also takes time to, like, um, figure out what it is that you're good at. So um, with overseas racing or trying to get to world stages, you need to first get over and experience all the different types so you know that what you're good at. So it takes quite a lot of experience and time, I think. Yeah, which is why you gave up everything and shot to Europe and just got... Dived head first, eh? <laughs> Took me a while to do that, but now I've made it. <laughs> yeah, well done. And so, so Tony, you obviously just—I know you adore it. You just love being out in the trail. So you probably and you've and and you have got a job, and you kind of probably not have expectations from sponsors to run specific races or or be ranked. So same with you, uh, Kane. I mean, are you are you yeah. able to just go and do whatever you feel like and just excel in your space? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would. And I, and almost like every year becomes more and so, but I like definitely see myself as an amateur athlete, okay. which again is like one of the reasons why I love like all kinds of running, like uh, I like I love doing a hundred k's and spending the whole day out there. I love doing scrambles, which is thirty k's, but being out there the whole day and like I love running like ten k's. I mean, I actually would love to do some stuff in the track. So you know, I enjoy all of it, and yeah. because like for me like. I don't have to necessarily achieve anything to be like, oh, no, I'm there. I'm satisfied mm-hmm. with what I'm doing and running. So, like, you know, I want to run CCC next year because it's a race that excites me. But I also want to run a fast 10K at the beginning of the year because that excites me too. So, so you're actually really lucky, you guys. You get to, you've got sponsors who love you, your brands in your own right, and you get to run what you feel like. Yeah, definitely. For me, yeah. personally, I um, two, three years ago, I was a bit... Uh, unsure of, of where I want to, to race and I've spoke spoken to Kane um, mm. about it previously in terms of um, working a day job and, and running the marathon distance because the marathon distance is very competitive and you do have to do some specific training and specific mm. workouts um, where I feel with ultras you can more kind of just time on the legs just get used to that long days um, so it's not that and mentally stressing always in terms of mm-hmm. getting getting that specific workout done but I'm I actually the, the past year or so um, my focus for the for the next few years probably four or five years I'm 28 now I'm gonna try and specifically focus on the marathon distance now I think I've done an ultra before um, it was terrible. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> no. so you found your group. <laughs> I found my group for now. I definitely want to, to do some outros again in the future, but I'm I'm gonna give it a go. Um, so I'm going to Europe next year to to try and uh, race those guys and see how I compare to those guys. And I think I will will um, it will teach me a lot yeah. and see where I can improve. 
Um, but I'm, I'm excited about the journey and definitely want to do CCC and UTMB um, in, the dis- in, in the future, but just not now. So um, what would be a goal? Top 100 at that distance? Was that crazy? Is that, a, is that like going to the Tour de France? Uh, no, I'm, I'm actu- I actually want to, to do... I got an entry now for, for Mont Blanc Marathon, which is part of the Golden Trail Series. And like they mm. say, um, that is... Um, it's a... It's one of the. I think that's the the, the race in the Golden Series that will suit to suit mm. my abilities. I don't think um, I will mm. do as well in Zagama, which is very technical. Where yeah. I think um, Mont Blanc is is a bit more runnable. Mm. It is a lot of climbing, but it, there's also some quick stretches and mm. quick parts. So I think that that plays to my strengths. So I definitely the the main goal is to go and try and race a top ten, which I th- I think mm. it is possible, but I. Do have to to train well, and I do have to to nail the race. But that's why what excites me at the moment and um, keeps me motivated. So I want to definitely do that for a few for a few years. And if I if I race um, one or two, have two one or two good results, um, then maybe try and race the whole series in the year mm-hmm. after that. Brilliant. Okay, so big aspirations there, Meg. Just um, you know, a lot of people get put off trail running. We were talking earlier about because it's too steep, the races are too long. I mean, all the well-known races, even a, the two oceans half, I once did it and thought, well, how hard can a half be? I do halves all the time in a mm. half Ironman with ease. I spent three and a half hours and well, three hours plus and got to the end and I was completely broken. I thought, that really wasn't really fun. It was too hard, <laughs> you know? And so I'm kind of wondering, where, you know, what motivates you guys? You love it, but what, what do you say to new people when they say, look, I'm a, I can do 10Ks, I can nail park runs in under... 40 minutes or whatever it might be, 30 minutes or say, you know, what, how, what, what do you say to new trail runners? How do they get into it without smashing their wrist or ankle or something on the first run and actually enjoy it and start building into trail runners? Um, I think something like Tuesday Trails is an awesome place to start. They've got the tiered groups at different paces and speeds and um, also varying terrain. So you'll always have people around to help and advise you. And that's just a really nice atmosphere to get started so I'd say definitely joining a group is a great idea to get started and then if you don't have access to a group maybe getting a group of friends together or grabbing a buddy or someone else and just like having fun out there and seeing being curious seeing where it takes you um, and just really having the goal of it being fun and, and joyful and connecting with nature is a very good place to start I think that's very sustainable and likely to get you hooked very quickly yeah and probably how we should all see life full stop but i know you're a personal coach and a running coach yourself and that's very much your kind of mantra to getting people on the path to fulfillment and happiness right totally yeah it's, it needs to be sustainable you know people have these goals of, and they very can be very data driven and that's all good and well but i think something that needs to be encouraged is just like there are the memories that you want to make at the end of the day and what you want to look back on and really keep that forefront of your mind when you get into something like this or try and continue with it, you know? It's yeah, got to be sustainable and fun. Mm, lovely. Tony, what do you say? I mean, you're probably surrounded by people. Every, every little girl looks at you and goes, oh, you're like, probably a bit like Candace Lil. Yeah, people see you and go, oh, she's good. She looks lekker and normal and she's not like she's a real person and she's so successful and she loves it. What do you say to people when they say, oh, I'm scared of trail running, it looks too hard and whatever? Um, so my mom, side story to get to the point, but my mom has recently gotten into running and um, specifically trail running. But the biggest thing that she had to overcome was confidence. I think, you know, trail running, like you say, it's it's scary. You can fall, you can hurt yourself. You know, is it safe? Is it not safe? Am I going to break something? What do I do if there's no single? You know, there's there's a lot of, like, elements and moving parts to getting into trail running that can be quite overwhelming for someone, especially coming from a road, mm-hmm. road running background. And Meg's point of joining a group and being surrounded by people is, you know, it's a really great starting point. Um, and on top of that, you know, just getting confidence in your ability. So... For me, my, my suggestion to my mom and what she has been doing is like running without a watch, mm. forgetting the idea of like, you know, I've got a 10K time of this. That should be what I get on the trails. Like mm. you can't compare the two. So like getting rid of those expectations and just actually just enjoying being out there and being surrounded by nature and taking your time. You know, it's you don't have to be fast on the trail. It's just about enjoying your and being present in that moment. Um, and the more you know you get comfortable at just running at a comfortable pace, 
you know, I think that confidence builds um, and also just, you know, picking a route that you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So I, I've told my mom, you know, like pick a route that you like and enjoy and that you can run over and over and over again and until you get enough confidence to go, cool, well, let me try something else. Mm -hmm. um, and are there enough events like that? Okay, you probably can answer that. Are there enough races for people who... Wanting I mean, to do something short and sweet and not have to go up a thousand meters. Just before, I like this is just in like training. You know, she yeah. hasn't ventured into the races yet, but I think you know it's about building that confidence uh, to then go cool. Well, I can enter a race, uh, and I can do it, and I'm not going to hurt myself. Mm. or not going to fall. Or and know. would you? I mean, the safety. I mean, races obviously create a safe space. Yeah. That's one thing they do. But are, are there enough? Trails that are accessible. I mean, you talked just now. You went on a twenty k and mountains on your own. But are there enough places and uh, that people can do places and races where you can do feel comfortable in a shorter, more doable sp uh, space? I think so. There's a lot of private nature reserves or nature reserves that you you know you pay to enter that have a better security if you want to be feel more safe. Otherwise, you know, grab a buddy, grab a group, grab a friend, and just pick a hiking trail for that just, matter. I mean, yeah. most hiking trails are runnable, pretty yeah. much, mm. eh? There's, there's lots of ways around it, and I think it's just, you know, be smart about where you run and who you mm. run with and what mm. time you run. Um, but I don't know. My biggest my biggest thing about getting people into running is just getting some confidence, believing in yourself, knowing that you can do it. You mm. know, it's it's mm. massive. For sure. Sorry, Ken. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've yeah, been around a long time, so you probably... Yeah, yeah. As I mean, said, used yeah, to be summer series and all around, sorts of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. I, I, these, like, Tony, I don't think Tony ran the Wild Runner Trail Series. You know, that's, that's going back a long way. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think, like, the one of the, the the great things about trail running is, like, you don't have to have... You don't have to be, like, have any kind of... There's no, like, fitness level or... Mm experience level or, or talent level that you need to be at to enjoy it because you can always walk if yeah, you, want. you can walk you yeah. can do like there's you can be it's a, in that way it's a, like a little bit like surfing like I was surfing Musenberg yesterday you know everyone's having fun yeah. very different levels it's the same as trail running yeah. you know you can do a 2k loop in Newlands Forest and you can get as much enjoyment out of it as somebody else gets doing something like mine like Tony's run yesterday mm. or the guy who came last at Otter may have had as much fun as the guy as Johart coming through you know so I think um, I think people battle to be the last guy across the line because it's quite a famous thing to do yeah yeah, yeah. No, 759 exactly. 59 yeah totally <laughs> but I just think like you know from that perspective is that like that's why it's a great sport for anyone to get into mm -hmm. because you know it's fun from whatever level you, you're at it's enjoyable and then also it's not as like measurable as, as road running. So, you know, people are not obsessing over their like five and 10K times. Mm. And there's not that same thing of like, you're going out into the mountain, it's mostly going to be a good day. Like, even if you're not athletically that great, that day, it's still a good day. You go for a 10K run and you're like, oh, I ran this time. You're like, oh, it's not a good day. So I think there's... I want to talk about something yeah. that you kind of touched on here. Mm. So we've had people in these podcasts. We had a guy, world champion, uh, world champion, amateur champion in the world from South Africa. 120 kilos at his heaviest when he was doing a bit of bouncing. His, his natural weight is probably about 80 odd. Mm. He got down to 30 kilograms. 30. Th I promise you. Th and his biggest joke mm. is he's like a super achiever. He's got a sense of humor. He said, my biggest downer is that I never got mm. to 29. I mean, it's like he's, take his, he's mm. got past it. But he was radically down. Mm. And I mean, extreme. He was in tears in the, in the conversation. And a lot of athletes, if you look at the Tour de France, a lot of the people are running away from something. They put mm. huge pressure on themselves. Tony, you're just talking now about be okay with it. No one's check counting. No one, you know, it's about you and your experience. But athletes are typically, you know, triple A type mm. personalities. And we're successful at everything we do. And we want to be excellent. Now, you, were, you said you went through an eating mm. disorder. That kind of pressure is what people feel. And they come in and they go, I want to be a trail runner. Oh, I've got to do Ultra Trail Mont Blanc or mm. the 65K UTCT. And you running the whole day on the mountain. I mean, most people say that's how I learned you, but I know you're a social butterfly. I'm like, so when are we running away from something? When are we running towards something? When are we running with just pure fulfillment? Mm. Maybe you can touch on that from something, an anecdote or a personal learning that, that people can kind of not feel that pressure to have to perform and to be able to run technical trails when they can't. Yeah, I think like for me, one of the more eye-opening experiences or things that happened when I got to race a bit in Europe was to see how some of the top guys behaved. You know, like, in my mind, like, growing up as an athlete, like, the top guys are often, like, pretty, you know, pretty serious. Doesn't mean they're not nice guys, but, like, you know, super focused and you almost had to, you know, before the race, guys are doing, like, strides. And, and then you go over there and you're, like, you're standing in the start line 
There's like two minutes to go and like Killian Jordan still hasn't arrived. And he like walks under the barrier, like stands there. He's kind of like doing like a little bit of a stretch. And you're like, wow. Like, look how this guy who is, you know, like, I mean, as we said, it's hard to say like who the best is. But like, he's probably the best, you yeah. know, like across all distances. <laughs> sure. um, Takes the best it's hard to It's hard to argue with. Um, <laughs> So, and like just seeing his attitude and a lot of other top guys' attitudes and seeing how like, it doesn't mean they're not super competitive and it doesn't mean that they don't train, you know, really hard and really smart. It's the attitude is different. But it's just like, there's not as much, you know, it doesn't have to be this like, radically all consuming. It's certainly not an ego thing. Um, And also like, you can just be like a normal person in, in, in many ways, like in how your attitude is. So, like, seeing that was a very interesting thing for me. And you're like, okay, well, you know, you can perform without being, like, completely, like, you know, to bang your head against the wall 15 mm. times before a race and, sure. and, and be, like, you know, watching your weight as much. And I think that a sport of trail running, you know, there's a lot less of that, you know, in comparison to some other, some other sports out there. Like, you know, let's say cycling where it's, like, a yeah. game of, like, absolute inches and milliseconds. And milliseconds. T- t- yeah. Tactics and all that crap. Trail running seems to, to be, running. seems to be, you know, a bit different. So, like, that's something that I think, like, all young athletes from South Africa who go over there, it's, like, a great thing for them to learn to, to see how... That's cool. Thanks for that. Tony, yeah. do you... Probably also, how did you get over the anxiety that you felt when you were running the cross-country at school versus mm-hmm. now taking the line for Otto or whatever else? Um... Um, it's a hard one to answer. I think it was, it started out as something that I did entirely for myself. Um, racing wasn't, you know, it it was never something that I did because, or trail running racing wasn't, I didn't do it because I wanted to be the best or achieve or, you know, I didn't feel that external pressure, um, and people expecting me to win. Like no one knew who I was. It didn't matter what I did, you know, I could come stone last and absolutely no one would care. Um, and you know now that's changed slightly. Um, where, you know, I get to the start line, and people, you know, people <laughs> yeah. will come up to me and She's be like, "Oh, you know, like you're mm-hmm. gonna win." But I think that that mindset that I had from there, and just actually the love of racing and the the joy that I get from racing and going through the motions of you know, I don't know, it's just the excitement and the build up and the community of people around it. You know, like Kane said, there's there's no ego in trail running. You know, it's you can't have ego. It's a tiny sport, really. And, and, and it's you can, against the course. Yeah, the it's, tactics and it's me against myself really and yeah. how much fun I can have out there. Uh, really, you know, yeah. if I win, great. If I don't, who who's who's going to be upset? You know, uh, no one. But you still obviously day, push yourself because you are a competitive person. By you, know, you want to do as best as you can. A, a type person. I want to mm, be the, mm. my personal best, right? Mm. So if I have a good day. That could be a good time, but it could also mean, you know, I just had a really flipping awesome run, you know. And I think that shift in mindset from changing that dialogue to be, you know, I'm I'm doing this for someone else Mm -hmm. and to achieve what other people expect of me, which is how I went through my entire schooling career, um, to really doing it for myself. Mm -hmm. I think that's been the biggest shift for me. Um, when I started running. Which is all that matters. So you mm. found the sweet spot, eh? Yeah. That's awesome. For sure. Yeah, Hot, you're going the other way. You're going to go and compete for sounds like for points, for <laughs> times, for all that stuff. What's what's where do you find your kind of happiness? Do you find your happiness in the tactics and the intensity? I think it's a combination. Obviously you want to perform well and I think back in my varsity days I was I was very focused and was on a not I won't say a strict diet but I I tried to to avoid alcohol and <laughs> stuff like that not drink too much beer and I think my my uh, approach to it has definitely um changed a lot over the years I'm I'm much more relaxed and obviously it's it's different um different from from racing around the track or racing around on on the roads um where we it all, all is about time. Where, where times in trail running is relative. Um, obviously, if you've done a route previously, you know what a what a sort of what a what's a good time on on the day. But you can get variable conditions mm-hmm. and um, rain or sunny sunny clear clear weather. Um, so I would definitely say my my approach has changed. Um, 
I try to relax and try to enjoy it. Obviously, none of us are, are professional mm-hmm. athletes, and I think that takes a lot of pressure off you. Um, that we don't do this for full time. Um, we don't have to make a living off it. We are all just here, out there um, doing it for the fun um, and doing it for the enjoyment and still trying to push yourself. But uh, at the end of the day, my well, my wife's still going to love me regardless <laughs> of whether I come first or last. My friends are exactly. still, still going to care with me <laughs> whether I perform or not. So I think that yeah. definitely takes a lot of... Mm. Lot of um, a pressure off you and mm. I think it was Zola but she said when they asked her about pressure she said um, running is part of my life it's not my own life and mm. I think that that, mm. uh, that approach sums it up for mm. us That's, yeah. and, and you guys are household names and you're not feeling that pressure so us amateurs mm. who are nobodies and our family and kids don't give a shit where we came really shouldn't matter mm. Meg same for you feeling like uh, uh, there's enough pressure to, to be you stress as it were as opposed to distress because you're Megan McKenzie and you've won stuff for many years and uh, and feeling just the soul of running in the Alps? Yeah, I mean, I think I've been in the sport so long now that it's just exactly as your heart summed up. It's so much part of my life. Um, and I always think of Alexi Papas, who's an Olympian um, distance runner, and she always has a little poem that says, not your first, not your last, enjoy your now because now goes fast. And for me, that's everything. Like, it's not my first rodeo. It probably won't be my last one. So it's okay. doesn't matter what happens. Just enjoy it for what it is. And yeah, it's, it's a whole lot of fun. Sure. Amen. So you've all got exactly the same attitude and it's beautiful. What a lovely way to end off. I mean, that's, if all the people out there can take that home from these four household names who clearly are in very healthy shape, not obsessive, have got a balanced life, have families, careers and sport, well, then trail running's for you, probably. So um, thanks very much, you guys. Really appreciated your time and, 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 and experience and sharing your, your stories. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Paul. Thanks so much for having Thank us. Thank you, Meg. Safe travels. Bon voyage. Merci. <laughs> yeah, that was good, eh? That was good. <laughs> thanks, Thank guys. Good thanks, guys. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Oh, brilliant, thanks. This conversation was powered by Zwift the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground, where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial.